Doug. Hey, Lindsay, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. The spring's coming and yes. it's so beautiful. It's so nice out. Yeah, it's been really good. So yeah, we're really excited that we are back in the rhythm um, after the Lenten break. We're jumping right back into yeah. the every other week stuff. And yeah. Tonight we have um, Greg and Michael with us, my husband. Um, so our conversation is so good. We're just going to jump right in. Thanks for listening. We're here tonight with Greg and Michael, who are two guys in our community who are entrepreneurs. Um, I think they're great guys. One is my husband and one is our business partner. So I can say that without (laughs) bias. (laughs) That's pretty good, Lindsay. I mean, that's really good. (laughs) Right. So guys, why don't you give us a few lines about who you are and what makes you an entrepreneur? Uh, This is Michael. I, um, (laughs) by day, I am a graphic designer. Uh, That's my day job where I spend my nine to five. And then on the side, I have a lot of projects that I just like to spin up and do entrepreneurially. So um, I'm, I'm one of those people that has a hard time resting and so constantly creating things. Uh, My name's Craig and I think I'm probably around Michael's territory. Like I think I've started five or six companies. (laughs) I think only two have failed. <laughs> so, That's a pretty good batting wow. average. Not too bad. Um, <laughs> what is failure? <laughs> that's, the, that's the next. That's the first article. Okay. Um, and kind of like Michael saying, like always, just seeing how you walk down the street and you see a business opportunity, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the good and the bad about our brains. My day job is uh, I'm kind of like an entrepreneur, which is like oh. entrepreneur in a company. Okay. Um, so I'm an insurance broker. And then, yeah, we've started a couple of real, a real estate company, ice cream shop, and co-working space. <laughs> R5 Collab. <laughs> Coming soon. Coming soon <laughs> to your local community. So, you know, I think we hear some people, I'm sure everyone has heard that term entrepreneur, but how would you mm-hmm. all define that word? Like, what is an entrepreneur? I know that's a real broad question, but how would you two define that? I think there's some simple definitions, like you could say a small business owner, or you could also say anyone that has a business idea. You know, in, in today's demographic, you can start a company in 10 minutes. Um, so it's, I think it's a mindset and mm. then also an action. Mm. So you could be an entrepreneur and not have a company yet. Yeah, I agree with the, with the mindset thing, because there's a lot of folks online that will be like, you're not an entrepreneur because you're not making money. You're not, a you know. A real business because you know you're in the red and I think it's kind of everyone wants to stamp a label on something but for me the entrepreneur is more of like like Greg was saying a mindset of someone that's a go-getter that's going to see problems and find solutions to fix them mm-hmm. um, whether that be inside a company outside of a company I think it's it's that that entrepreneurial mindset that really is something that resonates with me. Yeah, I think it's really interesting you guys talk about the mindset of an entrepreneur as someone who sees problems. I even I feel like that word risk taker is probably very mm-hmm. much and maybe people who are on a bit of the the cutting edge of where culture is is moving. Do you guys so as you think about that mindset, how do you see that interacting or interplaying with faith? Yeah, I think it's um it's so intermingled. It's hard to separate the two things, especially in in what Greg and I have been talking about for the last couple of months. Is it takes a ton of faith to start something. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a lot of risk. You know, you're you're envisioning something that has not yet been realized. So, faith is seeing something or believing something that you can't quite see. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. they're almost one and the same in in the journey towards. Um, how do we bring this thing into existence or how do we see something that isn't quite yet realized? And I, I think too, that on everyone's like, Oh, a lot of entrepreneurs are risky. And I would say they're, they're not risky. They're risk managers mm-hmm. because it's things are less risky when they're calculated and you could be experienced in that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then in the, with the face side coming into that, I think when you take a risk, like my identity isn't in my company. My identity is my faith. Mm. So if I fail, it's okay. If the company goes under or doesn't achieve what it needs to be, 
if I believe I'm a child of God, I'm still a child of God. Mm -hmm. Just with a laundry list of companies that maybe didn't go as well as I wanted. (laughs) Um, But also when you're a person, your faith is in you. And as an entrepreneur, we have the beauty of saying, I don't have to put that on the shelf. Mm. Because when you own the company, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I can live my faith and not have to worry about someone yelling at me about it. Yeah. And you also bear the consequences if your customers don't like that. You know, like when we owned the ice cream shop, we were closed on Sundays, which is kind of obvious. Mm. And people were like, you're losing a lot of money. Mm. I, don't, I don't think we're losing a lot of money. Are we losing a lot of opportunity? For sure. Mm. Mm-hmm. But that's my decision, not yours. Mm. So I think kind of things like that allow you to live your faith more transparently mm-hmm. versus like my day job that I work for a company. And people know who I am, but I can't bear that to the same boldness, good or bad. Not sure if it's good or bad, but yeah. So you can in your own company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, some of the well, you both have mentioned it, but talk about failure and being an entrepreneur. I, I love that way that you just said it, Greg. Where it's like my company could fail, but I'm okay because my identity is not in that thing. Mm-hmm. Is that hard for entrepreneurs to navigate in terms of coming to that healthy space of, you know, I how my company goes is not as I go. Cause I feel like I, I feel like I hear the stories of, you know, people jump into this business, it fails and they become homeless alcoholics, like living on the street. Yeah, it's definitely possible. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're not interviewing me. Um, cause I'm a co-host, but Michael and I did own a business together. Yes, and you did. So <laughs> and now, and now we still do. Right. But before, um, you know, our business, we closed basically. So you could consider that a failure, but really, God taught us so much through the whole process of owning that business that in in no way feels like a failure. Like, I feel like to the world, they're like, oh, you closed, you failed. But that you didn't sell. Right. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't sell our business to anybody when we were done with it. It just closed. We tried. We tried. We did try. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we just learned so much by following God's leading throughout the whole thing that it did not feel like a failure. Which is why I think partnership is so important, um, whether it be with a spouse or with a business partner. Because for me, um, I know you guys have touched on the Enneagram on this podcast in the past, but I'm an Enneagram <laughs> 3. For those of you that are not, haven't drank the Kool-Aid yet, what that basically means <laughs> is... The um, <laughs> oh, we drank all the Kool-Aid. <laughs> for an Enneagram 3, they're called, you know, their, their pet name is called the Achiever. And basically one of the things that we struggle with is always wanting to be seen as successful. Right. And so when we closed the store, um, I had to fight and change the narrative about Mm -hmm. failing. Because for me, if it was a failure, it was like the ultimate um, sign to everyone that I wasn't successful, (laughs) Uh, which is, was very hard to swallow. But in, in walking together with Lindsay of being like, this is the right choice for right now because we're about to have our first child and Mm -hmm. there's no way that it's cash flowing enough where we can sustain employees. You know, we don't really have any other option. And so I tried to sell it and nobody wanted a fabric store because (laughs) everyone I'm the only one crazy enough to open one. (laughs) This thing called the internet, which I don't quite understand, uh, came into being. I think Al Gore started it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Yeah, failure is a harder thing for me to get over um, than maybe other folks. And so it's interesting to to me that I'm willing to step out into these risks, but if it weren't for Lindsay in that situation, and if it wasn't for, you know, Greg in this situation, it would be harder for me to, to, to go on this journey Mm. alone Mm. because I would just want it to succeed. And maybe I would never start anything because I was afraid it would fail. Interesting. Well, I think you're bringing up something that is a curiosity of mine. Like what role might the church play or community play alongside of entrepreneurs, right? Like my senses are sort of two options. Community can either stifle it and be like, it's a crazy idea. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. Or, or they can try to control it and jump into Mm -hmm. it. Like, so what is a healthy involvement of church or community in terms of with entrepreneurs? Like, how have you seen that done? Well, how have you, how, how do you long for that to happen? I can kind of talk with the experience of the ice cream shop a little bit. Is that like in one way you want to say like, get out of the way, really? Because um, if you can create a successful business that honors God through it and honors the community, then 
you know, the old cliche, like actions speak louder than words, but like, like let our actions live and then let the support of maybe you have a need when you're doing a large event or something, but like, don't have be like, don't have be tangled. I think, cause mm. I think some of the best thing is like when you're an entrepreneur and you can live your faith through it, it's, it's pure. Mm. So like you, you hate to say, but like you don't need the church's assistance because your faith is living through it, you know, and you can be like, we are the church. Hmm. So we don't need the assistance of a church label um, to help or, or it's, you'd hate to say like money, the waters really, mm-hmm. because when you can reach people that would never step foot inside a church, mm-hmm. then, then a church would sometimes step in and muddy it. Um, and I'm not saying that happens all the time, but I would say they take a very minor role mm-hmm. from day-to-day action or like the one thing that we had was like we would help. We started Third Fridays, which is like a small town's version of First Friday because <laughs> we couldn't compete with the larger ones. And then the church just said, they're like, how can we help? And we said, if you literally just bring a blow up jumpy thing for kids, <laughs> like, that's your only goal. You know what I mean? Like you can do that and you can talk to anyone you want. <laughs> and, I, and I hate to say, but like, you're not allowed to have a prayer tent. That's too weird for for the first week. Yeah. And like, you need to earn the trust of the community that you're mm-hmm. authentic and that you love them, not love your agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where Tiffany's goal was to take the gospel outside of the walls of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's where it's super received. And and it sounds horrible, but a lot of times when you would say that we fought really hard or did our diligence that when people would help us from the church to say like is their motives pure mm. Mm. you know like are they here to love people the way our our epic vision not that we did it perfect because we didn't but was that our goal was that was that their goal along with our goal because our goal was just to serve great ice cream but the goal was just to love people mm-hmm. and that was and I think that's some of the beauty of an entrepreneur that lives their faith out is that we're sold out, you know, like for the gospel. So like anything else you can say like what? And I'm not going to say I don't care about profit because you do because you want the company to be successful. But every underlying motive is for whatever the goal that company is to serve the gospel. I've heard my grandpa say before, like everyone's got an angle. <laughs> and you can be like, well, yeah, they do. But what an- does that angle align with the gospel? And is it a pure angle? Mm. You know, and I think that's where the that's where the big dichotomy is, you know, and loving the church and loving even people I would work with with youth ministry and stuff. And he said like, well, like, I know you want to help us, but is it really just like wrangle and get 70 more people into your youth group? Mm. You know what I mean? Cause that is, that's not like a bad goal, but like your first goal has to be pure for mm. your second goal to be okay to pursue, mm. you know? Mm. And that's the tricky part. So what I'm hearing is that the church needs to be praying for its entrepreneurs and, going to their businesses and spending their money there, but maybe not so much real involvement <laughs> other than that. <laughs> I mean, is it like a, like a hard stay away? Or is it? <laughs> well, it's one of those things like, you know, you, you might say, um, Hey, Greg and I are, are doing this thing together. Have you guys thought about, no, no, no. We, we haven't thought about that. You yeah. know, like, yeah. like, the the questioning of the faith and the questioning of the risk is not super helpful. What is really helpful is, hey, how can I pray that the gospel is spread through what you do? How can I pray for you and bless you as you try to figure out real estate in a small town when there's not that many buildings available? (laughs) When you've lost several locations that you almost had secured, you know, how can we, how can we lean into this? Because I want to understand what your vision is for mm. your company and for the gospel. Mm. And therefore, how can we pray into that, mm. that yeah. God might move, you know, whatever it might be, mm. whether it's the borough superintendent or the zoning, you know, uh, of the town or, um, you know, whether it's the landlord or whoever, like that, that like prayer and that um, trust that the entrepreneur has teased out all of the potential risks right. and yeah. has said, yes, I see that. I see that. I see that, but we're going to do it anyway because we see so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's helpful for the community to come alongside of us yeah. and say, 
how can we support you, whether it's in prayer or by regularly saying, hey, every like at the ice cream shop, every Friday night we're going to go because we want to support this and we want to see this be successful. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever means you have available yeah. to you is, is helpful. Yeah, I think that's really helpful because... Again, my sense is I've I've watched some some churches sort of launch some entrepreneurial things that ha- that felt like they didn't actually pay attention to what the real needs were within a community, mm-hmm. and so it's almost like oh we heard this thing worked really well in California and we're going to start it mm-hmm. here in you know Hatfield and I'm sure it's going to be just as great. <laughs> and it, but but in reality, it, it sounds to me like as entrepreneurs, you all really look at life, you know, you look at your role as missionaries cleverly disguised as business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, you are out, you are upfront with it, but at the same time, the best role for the church is to say, how do we pastor you? How do we come alongside? How do we support you and remind you you're not crazy? Mm. And we think this is a big vision and we think it's a little bit nuts, but we support you. So you would say that is a helpful posture for mm-hmm. people of faith to like, and maybe even just be like, Hey, you guys are starting this business. Can we take your kids for a night so you and your wife can go, you know. You can re- take my kids any night. <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> we and just, we did that early on, a couple months ago. The four of us yeah. uh, found sitters and we went out to dinner because mm. it was important at that yeah. point that we came to an agreement on what does this look like? Yeah. yeah. And if we didn't have that time, then, yeah. you know, we would have to find it somewhere else or yeah. some other way with, you yeah. know. Let's all come over to our house and yeah. let the kids run rampant in the backyard <laughs> and hope nobody gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Pray for that to me, Bandits. So, well, why don't you guys tell us a bit about, you know, all three of you tell us about this vision that you sense God has kind of, that God has given you for this new business. Well, the interesting part of the story is God's been in it the whole time. Hmm. So um, for those of you listening that aren't living in Lansdale, um, (laughs) (laughs) there's a a coffee shop in town um, that has become kind of the central hub for remote workers. Backyard Beans. Backyard Beans. Support support your local coffee company. So good. Sign up for this monthly subscription. Yeah. The coffee's yeah. awesome. Get the lavender latte. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just plugged that hard. Yeah. That was good. Matt, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby Bobby's sitting at home like, yes. <laughs> Brittany's like, no, not the lavender latte. It takes so long. But <laughs> Lindsay and I, uh, one day I was sitting in the backyard beans. I was looking across the street and there's an old auto parts building there. And it's 10,000, 18,000 square feet. It's huge. And Massive. it's for sale. Yeah. And so Lindsay and I were like, yeah, let's let's start this co-working space in Lansdale right on the corner of this prime location. So we contacted the realtor and we went over there and he said, yeah, it's great. We love it. $1.475 million to buy this plus a whole bunch more in repairs. We're like, can we afford this? That's <laughs> I was like, let's just get a mortgage on yeah. it. Mine was like, we cannot do that. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> if you're wondering, $6,000 a month on that mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, so we left before there. Reno. Yeah. Before Reno. Yeah, before, yeah. Maybe a lot of work too. Before Reno, before taxes, before all that stuff. So we left there and, and you know, we didn't have the kids with us. We were like, oh, let's just grab a coffee. So we walk across the street and we go into the coffee shop and we see Brittany and she said, what are you guys doing across the street? And we said, we told her the vision. And she's like, you know, Greg has been talking about doing that for a little while. And Greg and I had met like once at church. As, and in passing. In passing. <laughs> As the kids are speeding yeah. by. Yeah. And that was about the extent of, you know, our conversation. And so after Brittany connected us in this way, we talked and you can pick it up. And then I was, <laughs> I was like, Whoa, wait, how much are they asking? I was like, they asked for 1.9 for that building six months ago. I was like, so they're coming down. <laughs> wait, that means we should go back now. How yeah, much no, do you want for it now? It's still one, two. I mean, it's a prime real estate in a, in a very good location. A lot in town, of square so. It's not Doylestown yet. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Easy. We, 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 love, land sales. we, we love land sales. But... And then I, I, I guess when we talked and, and uh, you were like, hey, would you consider doing this? I'm like, I don't want to do it by myself. I've done it <laughs> by myself. And 
for this. Don't know. I have four kids and you're like, yeah, like let's jump in this together. I was like, I kind of already had a spot, which was space number three that we lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> back. I was like, well, this is building that I found. Which was that, perfect. That was awesome. And the guy decided to sell it and pull it out from under our feet. But because real estate's tricky. It is. I can't even imagine. Buying a house was hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think we both had the same vision of saying like co-working space plus community plus entrepreneur incubator. Plus we want to live our faith through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of pluses, but I think we're all like, yeah, like this is what we want to do. Yeah. And when you own it, there's no strings attached. You know? Yeah. And it, it became, it became such a, uh, faith building exercise for me to to you know for a while at um at renew i felt like an outsider one because i'm an artist and artists generally kind of skirt around the outside of communities but secondarily um i had this entrepreneurial passion and this way of seeing things that um I hadn't connected deeply with someone else within our faith yeah. community on that level. And when Greg and I started to talk about this, his faith and his vision started to rub like, I feel like it bolstered yours. Yeah. It bolstered. Yeah. Mine. It was something that, that was just like, Oh wow, this is so much bigger than even I was initially thinking. Cause I was thinking on the 18,000 square foot. Yeah. Maybe we have uh, the winter um, Lansdale farmers market be here or different mm. things like that. But um, Greg's like laser focus on like, how do we continue to build community and how do we, uh, build faith into this, um, was just like a, a jolt and a reminder of like, oh yeah, that's what this is about. Hmm. And it was a Sunday morning when, um, we had a group up, uh, during the story time talking about community dinner and hmm. how that has been growing and the, the fruit they've been seeing there and the, and the people that keep coming back in the community that's being built and it just dawned on me that um, there is a whole other group of people that live in and around Lansdale that Renew could affect, the gospel could affect, that aren't going to come to community dinner. They're just right. different. They're just a different yeah. group of people, different type of person. And, and how can we also do things where the kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of heaven can invade the space that they inhabit on a weekly basis on a daily Mm. basis um and i just at that point it was like the the last bit any amount of risk or or fear that i had left was like just completely stripped away at that point Mm. and saying like no we have to do this Mm. no matter how many more buildings we lose (laughs) (laughs) which is more (laughs) which was more guys i've got a shed out back (laughs) i'm more than willing to rent to you guys We might have taken it six months ago. (laughs) You rent a shed to them and then you rent, or they'll pay you rent, and then you pay them rent for a desk in your own shed. Yeah, that sounds good. I think that works. We'll renovate it. Okay, cool. We're good at sales. Yeah, Yeah, and that was the other thing is is that our our wirings and our uh, personalities really complement each other. Mm -hmm. Greg had already talked to everyone in Backyard Beans that he saw there every single day that probably needed space to work and he's already got them like bought into. They're ready. They already pre-selected their desk. Yeah. I think that's the vision though behind it. You know what I mean? That it's easy to it sounds crazy but like it's easy to overlook certain groups in the gospel and like some people are going to be like I'm not worried about that guy that drives a Porsche. You know because like they're just brushed over and like that's a that's a broad stereotype right right but i'm not worried about that person in silicon valley or that large company or that ceo or the vice president that has a great life but if they're as lost if they don't know christ they're as lost as anyone mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it's like it kind of goes back to like what's poverty mm. you know what i mean like mm. and like i think from our view like poverty is not owned the gospel doesn't matter how much money you make what kind of car you drive but there's a, you know, it's a cliche. There's a gospel size hole in every entrepreneur's life that doesn't know God. Mm. And they might not ever step foot in church because you're talking about massive egos, people with IQs double of mine, <laughs> perfect SAT scores, 
that have done well in life. Dude, you need to stop. Like, stop, stop bragging about me. Yeah. <laughs> I saw your resume. Though. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. 1600 is but also, but also, it's not just enough to invite them to church. Yeah, you know, like, right. You know, the right. typical you know, model is like, oh, did you invite them to church on Easter? Right. It's like, they're not... They're not coming, yeah. but what I did do... Because they're probably working. Yeah, they're probably working. <laughs> yeah. But what I did do is I created a space where they could be themselves and where I could allow my presence. Cindy Culp talks about this all the time. Each of us, because we have the Holy Spirit in us, is carrying a little piece of the kingdom of heaven with us at all times. So mm. when you enter into a location, the kingdom of heaven entered into that location together. And so if Greg and myself and Doug and Ben and Lindsay and Tiff are all working out of this co-working space, right. look how much expanse the kingdom of heaven is taking over mm. that all of the places where it's not in the gospel-sized hole of the CEO or the the Silicon Valley entrepreneur, like all of those people are now being affected right. by the kingdom of heaven. And, mm. it, and it's not enough to just be there either, but they're, they're hearing us talk. They're here. They're seeing the things that we're passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure we'll get to talking about uh, Cambodia and yeah. the vision that you have for that. But like, there are just so many awesome ways in which because we do own the business, we can set it up to say like, Hey, we intentionally don't have employees because we're trying to cr create a community here where we're responsible for taking care of each other. Mm -hmm. That might be taking out the trash. That might be, you know, picking up someone else's, um, you know, whatever, cleaning up, making more coffee, or it might, and it might look like, hey, a portion of your monthly rent goes to X, goes to Y. Mm -hmm. We're helping to support these things because the gospel is bigger than than just this tiny location mm -hmm. in in a town in the middle of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it's like the fun thing is like if they don't like it too bad, it's our decision. But at the same time. <laughs> but please come. Please come. <laughs> Greg and I are also really blunt with each other. Yeah. <laughs> but at the best time though, you can open up their eyes to the vision. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm saying, look outside yourself, you know? Yeah. And um, I, I think we're already starting to see that because the term entrepreneur is a vast landscape. You know, like people that I think will be joining our five collab from the onset i think there are people that are already going to have like guessing like one or two questions around the SATs. like there's some very high iq tech people that will be coming on board and there's some other people that run dance studios hmm. and there's some other people that are sales guys and maybe some gals, artists and some and some artists <laughs> absolutely 100 percent media center <laughs> um, but like it's going to be a very diverse but it's funny because in the diversity People be like, these people have nothing in common. And you're like, well, they're entrepreneurs. And, they, and there's an there's an appreciation they have for each other mm. because people don't know what it feels like to bootstrap a company until you bootstrap a company, mm. regardless of the size. If you're a tech guy that came from Amazon with over a six-figure income all day, or if you're starting a small florist, dance studio, you name it. like, And they're totally different spectrums, right? but they have a common affinity for each other. Mm. Mm. So it's like, you can take that and then you add the gospel to it. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, you guys want, because most entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs because they want to change the world. Mm. And kind of Doug, like what you said before, like you only go around the earth once, what kind of footprint you live. And we're talking about that for the gospel. And these guys don't know they were talking about that for the gospel. Mm. Mm. They're doing it for the impact they leave, maybe their legacy, maybe, something that they're passionate about that's so great, but to be like, well, we're going to show you the gospel mm. and this is better than your other goals. And we want you to run hard at those goals and be wildly successful. But then at the same time, like we're going to show you the glory of God. Yeah. Mm. You know? I think that's really beautiful because it reminds me a lot of part of my part of my my dissertation that I'm working on is figuring out how do we how do we create on ramps for the gospel, and I I sense that that what you two are talking about is just that. Yeah, it's this space is actually a big on ramp for the gospel. Mm -hmm. It is opportunities to build relationship, to build community, and recognizing that that might actually be the vehicle that takes this really diverse group of people and bring them together. I mean, it reminds me of the church in Acts, right? You have Gentiles and Jews and all these different cultural people coming together 
under the headship of Christ. And Jesus is doing this really wild thing among them all. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I really appreciate the way you guys are thinking through, you know, what you get to do in terms of work and how that brings you a lot of life and energy, how you're doing it together within a community, like the, the three, you know, the four of you and how you also see that as a much bigger part of a conversation around how we live out our faith. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, thinking through just a few more questions, cause I, I feel like I could sit here all night and just, mm-hmm. just here, but you mentioned something about Cambodia um, and I know entrepreneurial isn't just business wise, but what are some other dreams that you guys have? Because my, my sense is our entrepreneurs are the dreamers of our, of our culture. Mm, for sure. is, is that an accurate word to say? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. what are the, what are the God sized dreams that you guys are having about Cambodia or other things as well? Mm-hmm. Let me jump in there. Yeah. So, um, my wife's not here, but Tiff and I, um, probably from a decade ago. And I think the cool part about being an entrepreneur with our faith is that sometimes you don't know when God's going to have you take a business plan off the shelf or take a dream off the shelf. Because not that you're ready for it yet, but God's like through a failed business or a failed opportunity or through growth, through success, uh, now you're ready. Mm. And we don't know if that's a decade in or a year in or 40 years in. Um, so I think we've, Tiff and I have been married for 10 years now, so we can talk like we're old. Uh, <laughs> right. But it's, it's a but good thing. It's a great thing. But we had this vision to uh, build orphanages in a way. And we, we weren't sure if God calls us to, if that's a metaphorical orphanage or if it's a physical orphanage or what it looks like. And I think today it looks like we feel like God's calling us to pursue, to build uh, small homes in Cambodia to prevent orphanages hmm. for mothers hmm. uh, that might be coming out of sex trafficking that do have children. And that the best option is that an orphanage doesn't exist because they're, because they're living in healthy families. Hmm. Um, so I think that's the vision. Um, God works in mysterious ways. One of my best friends is an architect that is building a large YWAM campus in Cambodia. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and Good coincidences. Uh, he was, he was a, 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 one of the best men in my wedding. So mm, yeah. um, God works. And, you know, because you're like, well, how could we have the infrastructure to even build, design, do any of that? How do we even, how would we even have, like, the knowledge to do something? Um, but then through the ministry, through Renew, Sisters, brothers, brothers. Or, sorry, daughters, daughters. Gosh. daughters, sisters, brothers, daughters, <laughs> uncles, we're all cousins. Much better branding. Um, <laughs> I feel like God just put on our heart that it's possible, mm-hmm. and we have big goals. But I feel like God has put on our heart to say, "Just strive for one mm. this year in 2019." And we think it's possible. And probably a 10-year younger version of me would be like, let's do 10. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Minus four kid version. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's some wisdom that like when you can say, what, what should you pray for? Like give that, give us wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, you understand like what risks are. But I think that's part of the vision of saying like, could that be one this year? And could it be two next year? Mm-hmm. Could it be fourth year for that? Mm-hmm. And then eight after that. And all we're doing is multiplying by two every time. But then when you get to year five, you're talking about 16. My math's following me. I have um, no idea, but that sounds go. good. <laughs> I do a lot of math, but sometimes you just gloss it over. And we, yeah. Michael and I do a type of math called designer math, yeah. which yeah. is based on estimates. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> it's not bad, right? It's not bad. <laughs> a couple zeros, less. Yeah. Extra. I'm supposed to be down to the cent the on the insurance side, but you know. So we I trust think, you I, with the numbers. I'm so glad you guys are working on this together. Yeah. Yeah, and and you asked what other, you know, big God things. So like that's awesome. And I don't even think I've shared this with either of you. <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah. Um, but um. but um over the last probably year and a half, 
there's been a whole bunch of different things that have come up in my life around incarceration in America. And um, if we're creating a space, like space is really important to me. Um, if you read throughout the scriptures, if you pay attention to spaces or um, locations, different things like that, there's so much significance to that. So yes, we're creating a co-working space, right? That space is intended to make a profit for renting um, desks and offices to folks. But what if we were able to help um, folks coming out of jail uh, reinstate into community, whether that be through our space, whether through be through education, but because mm-hmm. we have all these different people in our space, mm-hmm. we have this broad breadth of um, connections. connections and mm-hmm. and expertise. Mm-hmm. And how can we bring people in to make sure that they don't continue to repeat the same cycle? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we can get into a whole discussion around how broken that cycle is and, right. and why it got there. But um, there is no person on this planet, whether they're behind bars or in sex trafficking or the CEO, no one is beyond redemption and no one is, mm-hmm. is beyond being reinstated into society and and being loved and being seen as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's one, one thing. Another area is education. Um, the education system <laughs> in America is kind of on the fritz. Broken, and, you can say. <laughs> <laughs> and how can we also use this space and use our connections to, potentially inspire um, kids that aren't going to go to college or want to learn something that the school is not teaching them because it hasn't um, evolved as young entrepreneurs. As fast as as tech or young entrepreneurs. Um, You know, how do we, how do we use the space? Not just, you know, so now we're talking like local spreading out a little bit and global. Like Mm -hmm. there's so Mm -hmm. much potential with what you can do with space and with, you know, profits to assist big God things. Yeah. And even realizing too, like you're, you know, the boys and girls club is literally right next door, right next door. Mm. And that's such, you want to talk about hungry kids that are longing for mentors and leaders and people that'll Mm. give them permission and be present in their life. It's that's, yeah, I can't think of a, you know, more strategic place. Um, You know, something I'm wondering, like, what do you want to say to the person who's listening who who might be an entrepreneur that just doesn't really know it? Mm. How do you encourage them to start to see these these dreams become a reality? I think what you said just a second ago about permission. Jesus didn't have permission to go half the places he yeah. went. Uh, if you're waiting for that, just know you have it. Mm. Like. Mm. It's not. We are giving you permission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of those things where if you're waiting for someone to call it out in you, or waiting for someone mm-hmm. to see it in you, or acknowledge it in you, or you're waiting for like the perfect storm of events to happen, like walking across the street, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's it Thank might not really. happen. Yeah, and and if it's a, it's if it's a passion in your heart and you never talk to anyone else about it, mm-hmm. well then just start talking about it mm-hmm. because there is power in our words when mm-hmm. we say something out loud it changes us uh, yeah. in major ways uh, Tim mm-hmm. talk about what Tim talks about all the time. Oh, about, um, tongue. your tongue is a rudder. I think that's from Mar James, James and it's close. <laughs> Mar, Mar James, Mar James. Um, yeah, but like, and I've experienced that in many ways in the words we speak over ourselves and the way that your tongue can direct your path. And even if mm. it's just, Two degrees, that's from something. Changing your direction by just two degrees can separate you from landing in New York City or Miami. Mm-hmm. So, like, that Jeez. came from somewhere. I, if you're Chris, leaving Spain. If, if you're leaving Spain. Columbus. <laughs> no. <laughs> no good. We it cannot is, talk to him it anymore. It is where it came no. from, though, because he left Spain. No. And if you would have gone two degrees. Okay, stop. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> if you speak your ideas and your passions to other people... It just, it'll change the way I think you think about yourself and mm-hmm. the way that you see God working. It'll open doors. So just talk about your ideas, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing yourself talk. I remember yeah. uh, around Christmas time, I started a new job in August and um, 
with any new job, you're always kind of like, is this is this right? Is it for me? Where is this going? And it was around Christmas time where I finally said out loud to someone, yeah, I don't think this is the right fit for me. Mm, which and is big for you. Yeah, hearing myself yeah. say that mm-hmm. out loud shifted something in, in me where it was like, I've now acknowledged that mm-hmm. this is a real, mm-hmm. that this is a real thing, mm-hmm. that this is a real issue. So I can either take the steps to address the problems at hand, mm-hmm. or I need to start looking for something else. And it, and I ended up doing both, but like, yeah. to, to Doug's original question of, <laughs> if you're a closet entrepreneur, just yeah. start saying things out loud. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like, which we talked about on the side, probably a hundred different things, but <laughs> I think like teaching that younger generation, mm-hmm. Of saying like, well, what is an entrepreneur? And like, we've talked about like, it's like permission to fail. Mm-hmm. Like, and can you, f- like you can fail well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like, that is not in the language of our culture. Mm. It is absolutely in the language of an entrepreneurial society. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you talk to any awesome company and they'd be like, oh, like Apple, Microsoft. Like, Let me know how many companies they started before they failed. Like a lot. Mm. You know, and everyone thinks they just are they start one company and arrive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. But people don't talk about that because, and I'll, I'll go on a quick one-minute tangent, but mm-hmm. <laughs> your school teacher that's teaching you business never started a business. Or your school teacher, in the, no cut on English, all kinds of it's all great, but they're not, they've net, if they're not entrepreneurs or started a business of any kind, how are they going to teach you that? You know, so it's, and it's also bringing it into a safe place. And every company that Tiff and I started we said, on the insurance side, we do risk management all day. And we said, this is the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. We're going to lo- lose tens of thousands of dollars. And the last three years, some people might say it would be in vain, but our goal is a three-year window. And at the end of three years, we'll pull the plug if it doesn't do this. And are we okay with that? Mm. And this is when we started the ice cream shop. And we said, like, yeah, like that would really suck, mm-hmm. but like we're okay with that. And mm-hmm. when you can say that to yourself, then you can run hard and run reckless in the best way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because failure is, you've already decided like what failure is, and you're like, I'm okay with that failure. Because kind of like what Michael Lindsay said before, like you give me someone with a failed business and they have more knowledge than an MBA. Mm. a real wow. business that failed mm. wow mm-hmm. because there's things you can't teach yeah mm-hmm. you can't yeah um and the side tangent of that but encouraging kids mm-hmm. saying like hey guys mm. like i'm not here to say like like you're gonna work your tail off yeah you know what i mean but that's okay um but showing them the, like failing's okay yeah and can you fail well sure great absolutely can you fail quickly yep move on like have it be water off your back um, and I think that would be, I think like a, one of the citations we have with <laughs> R5 collab of saying like, it would be a beautiful thing to see that evolve because mm-hmm. this younger generation has talents that we don't have yeah. at such mm-hmm. a young age mm-hmm. and to unleash them onto society with the power of the gospel will be awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like eat. Most 13-year-olds could start a successful YouTube channel if they wanted to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think and, my 4-year-old is getting close. Yeah, like, you, have, <laughs> you could lower it down. College when your 4-year-old looks in the mirror and says, hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know she's got what it takes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's totally true. And then you're saying, like, well, you understand things that can get you going faster than you could ever imagine. Mm. But then the part of social media that, is the double-edged sword is that mm-hmm. that it can it can shred people's emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which this generation hasn't figured out how to deal with yet. Mm. And maybe because I would say my wife loves people well, and I can be not so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like cause there's certain calluses that you grow. For mm. good or bad, I don't know. Um, but you have to be able to take criticism. Yeah. You know? But just going back to say like Seeing a 15-year-old start a company that might do two great things and then fail, it's beautiful, you know? And 
seeing that times 100 or times 10 times 25 times 100 like this generation could could blow our minds Hmm. because they have an intrinsic they're not they're scared of some things but they're not scared you know what i mean it's it's a very unique thing and and they want to make the world a better place how cliche it might sound but they want to they want to they want to do work that matters and my wife and i have said a thousand times like they have meters that are huge when people are fake Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is great Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when someone's saying they're doing one thing and not doing the other if it's for a business or for a nonprofit or for the gospel Mm. you you can't fool them. Mm-hmm. Mm. So when they run at the helm, they're authentic. Yeah. Mm. Good or bad. There is a vulnerability. You're you're absolutely correct. You're, yeah. you're absolutely you, correct. You can't trick them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is fantastic. Mm. So to have mm. them unleash that possibility mm. would be amazing. And I don't even know what question I was answering. <laughs> that was, that was good. good. No, that was good. <laughs> well, cool. So yeah, I think just to wrap up to say, guys, first of all, thank you so much for being part of this. I feel like this is such an important conversation, even as we strive as a community to say, I mean, since Renew, Renew's DNA is how do we take risks? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is such an important conversation for us to think through because the truth is when we start thinking through maintenance mode, maintenance mode, we're about to die. Mm-hmm. And so it is always important. You know, it says, you know, the gates of hell will not prevail. It's mm-hmm. like the kingdom is always advancing. And I feel like it's so important for us. And also for those of you closet entrepreneurs who are listening Come talk to Greg and Michael. They would love yeah. to sit and hear your ideas and encourage you or tell you you're out of your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us. Oh, before we let you guys oh. go, we always ask our guests yes. how you see God in the in-between. So how are you seeing God between Sundays? Uh, I think for me, it's been especially recently, and, and it follows this theme that we've been talking about all night. And it's, um, I worked at these companies for a while and, and quite often, I don't think I'm being a good representation day in and day out of the kingdom of God. And um, there have been several scenarios lately where you get where I've gotten to see glimpses of people noticing a difference and saying, "Hey, can we talk?" Or, "Hey, um, the way that you." acted made me want to ask you for advice hmm. or, or talk to you about, you know, Jesus or, or God or, or these different things. And, and sometimes it's, it's a complete disruption to, you know, a relaxing evening or if it, it's a, you know, a, a interrupting phone call, but like, it's just so reinforcing of like every single moment, someone's probably watching you. Hmm. And even when you are not perfect, hmm. yep. because Christ lives in you, there is something that is affecting others. Hmm. I'm not saying, you know, um, don't ever preach the gospel. Like you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you know, talk about it. But yeah. um, there is also great power in the actions you take and the things you do. So I think in the in between, um, most recently, like that's been something I've been noticing. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I would say I agree a hundred percent. Um, in the in the in between, I think is kind of kind of like what Michael said, and kind of going back to that. Uh, it sounds it sounds crazy, but like businessmen and businesswomen in the church front are forgotten. And I think just mm. even the community that has already been formed for R5 at Backyard Beans and throughout other entrepreneurs that like you can already see like God working just in the authenticity of the relationships. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because you care mm. and they know you care more than just a normal like, oh, how's it going? You know, and like mm-hmm. actually listening to people's struggles mm-hmm. um, because nobody, because people don't realize, but nobody else is listening, mm-hmm. you know, and, and these people that are either entrepreneurs or vice presidents or CEOs of companies um, aren't, aren't supported. So I think the in-between for me has been similar things like that. Mm-hmm. just throughout your day to day. And that yeah. that's kind of like the goal. Um, Cause people would say like, they're not the forgotten. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are always up there. And you're like, mm-hmm. it's so easy to think that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, all our souls need care. Mm-hmm. Like 
we care for the least of these a lot, but we don't care a lot for the most or the, you know, the higher ups. Mm, right. So imagine if we started taking care of their hearts too. I'm, I can only imagine the ripple effect of that. Yeah. Cause they're, yeah. they're compassionate and they're caring or they have feelings and emotions just as much as mm-hmm. anyone else, mm-hmm. you know, and even though they're, they're taught or build up calluses or, or, um, whatever to, to protect themselves or make them mm-hmm. look perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, and, uh, I think just knowing that, you know, is a good place to be because yeah. people are people. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, that's, I guess that's the in between. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Thank you guys. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys. That's good. Well, Lindsay, I can't imagine the amount of conversations that you and Michael have at night about Oh my fun. gosh, it's never ending. <laughs> Do you ever get tired? Well, the funny thing is, so he's a three and he constantly has new ideas and I'm a seven. So I love all the new ideas. So <laughs> oh, it just great. Oh, takes us great. down dangerous roads because I'm like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, I just really appreciate the way that they... Uh, well, not just they, but you as well, really embody this idea of taking risks. Yeah. And I think there's something, I feel like the church, capital C church, cannot move forward until we recognize we have to destroy our boxes yeah. and start taking some risks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that you all see faith and work and you know, art and mm-hmm. entrepreneurial living, not just as something you get to do, but who you actually are in a mindset. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's so helpful as kingdom minded people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like you're just waiting for God to show up in yeah, some way, shape sure. or form. Mm-hmm. So I know you live with this stuff all the time, <laughs> but what for you is really encouraging in this conversation? Yeah. It's just encouraging to see these two guys, um, you know, really run after this idea with the gospel in mind. I, I feel like, you know, we talked a little bit about the fabric store and that was always a very personal thing of mine. And I don't ever feel like we really truly sat and thought about what the gospel implications of it could be. So seeing them do it differently this time is really exciting. And I feel like it's just going to explode bigger than we can imagine because God's behind it. Yeah, that's so cool. All right. Well, we're really glad that you could all listen and we know it was a long one. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you're, (laughs) maybe you got like an extra 15 minutes of running in on a treadmill. Oh, I hope so. Yeah. Maybe you're doing something better than running. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you're really angry with us because you are running longer on a treadmill. Um, But yeah, we're so grateful that y'all had a chance to listen and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Bye. Bye.